0: Portions of this program may be pre recorded. Six, five, four, three, two,
1: one, zero. All engines running, commit flip off.
2: Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Life Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask at swatradio. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT radio talk is the handle that is at SWAT radio talk. We are so glad that you guys are listening today. We've had a week off after the SWAT retreat. And so we're glad to be back and we would love to hear uh, from you since we haven't heard from you well
3: yeah and yeah. i'm glad you're here because you went skydiving and yeah. you survived yeah what did. was that like for you
2: it was pretty cool i it, i was surprised at how um how calm i was going into it uh the week before not so much when i was thinking about <laughs> it but the day of it was you were calm. Right, and... And
3: were you really thinking about pulling the plug or were you just giving me a hard time
2: oh i was giving you a hard it? time yeah, i was yeah, gonna yeah. do it yeah yeah
3: <laughs> so um the ride up was it nervous? Were you nervous going? No, that,
2: that was the thing. I wasn't really nervous. I was riding up, and my mind was just kind of appreciating the stuff and the the beauty. And then I was, you know, looking at the fields and stuff like that. And then uh, the door opened, and I felt the wind. <laughs> and there was a little bit of nerves, and I was like, and I clamped down on them real hard. And like, no, no, we're doing this. Let's go. So, yeah. and then it was just from there. You know, it was just. Letting him do all the work, the guy really
3: isn't that bad, is it? Because you feel the pressure right away of the air, Mm -hmm. and isn't it a a really incredible feeling to be free falling and looking around from two miles high in the sky?
2: And you don't have that feeling of falling, I think it's because the ground's so far away and doesn't really look like you're moving towards it, and you're just, yeah, just enjoying it, kind of (laughs) seeing everything that there is to see. And then when they pull the chute, that's when I felt like, oh, (laughs) now I feel like I'm falling, yeah, Yeah. you
3: get a little bit of a jolt, (laughs) yeah. Well, good. Well, hey, if you're just tuning in to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And um, we uh, break our program up into four segments. Usually the first segment, we just kind of talk about what's going on in our culture and try to look at it from a uh, biblical worldview. It's a thing that's kind of, uh, I think, elusive in our culture today, the biblical worldview as it relates to politics, as it relates to what's going on with the pandemic or whatever's happening in our culture. A lot of times people are allowing their feelings to trump truth. A lot of times Mm -hmm. and feelings can't, uh, direct truth, truth, uh, demands that we respond to it, especially if you're a believer and you profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, I read an article, uh, Taylor, and we're going to talk about quite a few things here at the beginning uh, before we, this week the whole week we're talking about prayer that we had a great by the way before we even get into this um you were at the retreat mm-hmm. we had 96 guys there and as far as i know right now no covid yep no 96 guys yeah. met and we uh we did sing a song at the end <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh we we worshiped we had two incredible Teaching sessions from Pastor H. B. Charles on prayer, and we're going to be kind of keying off that this week. And I have read through the Bible many, many times, and have never thought about the prayer of Ager A G U R in Psalm 30, and that's what he focused on. He called that message the wise prayer of a weak man. Mm. And I encourage you to stay tuned and, and interact with us today. If you want, you can write us uh, uh, through an email or you can call in because we're going to be talking about why we should pray. If ever there was a time in our country we ought to be praying, it's now. Um, how we should pray, what we should pray for. And I was just meeting with a young man not too earlier, uh, not too long ago to talking about prayer, a book that I've given out to a lot of people um, uh, Uh, called A Praying Life by Paul Miller. It's a very practical book. And just this whole topic of prayer so often, we make it sterile and rigid Mm -hmm. and uh, non-really personal in the way we do uh, our prayers with God and we interact with him. And so that book, A Praying Life, was helpful. And even what Pastor Charles said over the weekend, I don't know if it ministered to you, it did to me. um, And I thought what he said about Agur praying what he prayed. And even he brought up uh, 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 Jabez Mm -hmm. uh, from Chronicles who prayed, enlarge my borders. I mean, think about prayers. Most of us are not going to pray enlarge our borders. We never would have even thought about that Called Jabez. Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book on it called The Prayer of Jabez. But Jabez was a pain bringer to his family or to his mom, to his parents. We don't know if it was all of them. And he just asked for God to enlarge His borders, and God did. It said God answered the prayer. I mean, wouldn't that be great to say <laughs> oh, God answered my prayer? Yeah. And so uh, we're going to talk about that uh, throughout the week, focusing in on Agar's prayer in Psalm thirty, and even what Jesus taught in Matthew six about prayer in the model prayer, and also what He said after that when He said seek first the kingdom of God. Because uh, Pastor Charles' second message was. First things first, but I want to get to a couple of things that were, uh, brought, uh, into my purview last week as I was reading. One of them was that 90% of evangelicals now say their church, uh, is more favorable to, um, you know, the homosexuals, Hmm. um, and that being a personal preference and, well, 90%, I'm sorry, 90% back, this is in 2007, uh, said that their church forbid it, N- you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 20, almost, uh, well, about close to, well, all right, let me go back because I'm I'm butchering this, <laughs> sorry. This is what happens when you take a week yeah, off, right. isn't it? <laughs> so, all right, 90% of evangelicals said their church forbid or strongly discouraged homosexual behavior that was in 2007 so fast forward 13 years later it's dropped to 60 wow so almost a 30 percent drop while i mean in 13 years and that that's pretty astounding when you stop and think we're talking not people that are not religious mm-hmm. we're talking about people that are professing evangelicals um in 2008 30 percent of evangelicals one year later back than the original uh, between the ages of 18 and 35 supported same-sex marriage mm-hmm. that's one in three now just a year or two ago that figure had risen almost 60 percent so it's almost doubled in approving same-sex marriages So what's going on? I mean, why are people having this uh, seismic shift in relation to something? We don't see that as it relates to adultery. We don't see that as it relates to theft. We don't see that as it relates to lying. Mm -hmm. But why is it? It's because we've allowed the culture around us to drive this narrative that, well, they're born that way, and who are we to judge them and a lot of things that people say to, to quiet, if you speak out, you're called a bigot. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is now you have churches actually um, dismissing part of God's word saying, well, that was for then, this is for now. And very prominent leaders in the evangelical community, uh, leaders that I don't ascribe to the same theology, but still a lot of people do, very popular on social media, are saying these same things and they're drawing people into this mindset. And young people, Taylor, um, your age and younger, don't know the Bible. Yeah, they don't even know what it says. And if they do know, they don't know it in context.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And because we really do have what the Bible calls a famine of the Word of God in our country, I believe. And so, as we look about that, you know, look at that kind of statistic how do we affect change in the church? How do we affect change as believers? Um, I mean, what pops into your head right away?
2: I think that, you know, the mainline, you know, the the vast majority of evangelicals need to stop worrying so much about being nice or being seen as, you know, being worried about how they're seen. Uh, You know, because I think a big reason as to why, uh, churches have gone soft on this issue is because oh, it seems harsh, it seems mean, but um you can uh tell the truth in a loving way, you know and still have a uh, a godly background and still tell someone the truth without condemning them. but I think that a lot of people in the church are afraid to offend
3: well, I think a huge part of our issue today is we 've allowed perceived truth to trump real truth mm-hmm. We've allowed perceived reality, even though it's not real. Um, and, and now you have people actually saying to teach somebody that two plus two is four is racist. Have you seen that? Yeah. That's actually been said that, that people for that, that's just our reality. So this subjective truth is being, I mean, so think about it, um, why wouldn't Osama bin Laden's truth be true for him? See, they, they don't apply it across the board in every realm. It's selective. And you and I were talking even about the mask thing earlier. It's the same way. This this has affected us in a lot of ways. People don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so what I, I'm telling people is go to the Bible. Let the Bible be the guiding light. It's, the Bible says itself, you know, a lamp to our feet a light to our path are we allowing it to be a light to our feet and a lamp to our path uh, a, because the the problem is for most people they don't read the bible except you know what i call the lucky dip method they just <laughs> open it up pick a verse okay i'm going to read in this today yeah so you know when we come back i want to i want to expand on that a little bit as we go into the whole issue of prayer and why we should pray all
2: right we will be back with more after the break Um, You can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
0: If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175.
1: There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame.
2: Collective with Rescuer. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And with that in mind, if you are just joining us, we were talking right before the break about um, really the church kind of going soft on uh, the truth as far as uh, polling numbers on certain issues. Um, And we're going to be talking about prayer later, but uh, we were just talking about that, and we're going to jump right back into uh, that here in a second, specifically about. What to do when those around you, including those in the church, uh, start to go soft on the truth?
3: Well, you know, and I just got a, a text from one of our listeners that said, um, "I wonder if those same people would be fine with the bank being subjective with their <laughs> with their bank statements." No, yeah. we don't like subjectivity unless it's to our
1: benefit. Mm-hmm.
3: We, we like objective truth because it's, that's what allows us to function in society. Can you imagine for a second, just really stop and think about this. What if we really played out the fact that everybody could have their own version of the truth? I mean, let's say that you thought two plus two is five. And so the way you did your bills were, was different than the way I did mine. How are we going to interact in the realm of business? It, I mean, that's not going to work out. So we have to have objectivity and truth. Truth is, by its very nature, exclusive. Mm-hmm. You can't say all pins are blue and some pins are black. Right? You can't do that. Yeah. Those two statements can't coexist because one's an exclusive statement. And so when, we, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, that takes out every other form of connecting to the Most High God other than through Jesus Christ, period. So it doesn't matter how that makes you feel. doesn't matter that you don't think it's right. That is by the definition of God's truth exclusive, and it's true that the only way to God the Father is through Jesus Christ. And there are a lot of believers that waver on that, Taylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they waver because, well, you know, you think about Uncle Joe or you think about Aunt Susie or you think about whoever, and they were a pretty good person, and I know they didn't go to church and they didn't really talk a lot about the Lord. Um, and you start wavering, and, and you try to justify people who, because you want them to be, in the family Mm -hmm. you 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 basically alibi for them i don't see jesus doing that with anybody
1: yeah i think
3: jesus called people to follow him Mm -hmm. i mean right i mean i don't see do you see any alibis for people's behavior in the scriptures or affirmation of disobedience in the scriptures
2: no
1: Mm -mm, no nowhere Mm -mm.
3: i mean i challenge you if you're listening find one affirmation of of biblical or of disobedience in the Bible.
2: Yeah. Disobedience to God's law.
3: Yeah. Yeah. To what God has said in his word. I mean, I'm not talking about affirmation of breaking a tradition. Every time Jesus talked to them about not following tradition, he always qualified what he was doing and said what he was doing. Uh, For instance, when they were in the grain field and they ate the grain, you know, he said, you know, i'm lord of the sabbath he, yeah. he is the lord of the sabbath so if he tells you it's okay you you got carte blanche to do whatever he says it's okay to do right uh so the, the pharisees had instituted a lot of extra steps as barriers and fences to protect people that god never intended to be there we do the same thing today mm-hmm. um You know whether it's related to alcohol and I understand with good intentions the pharisees had good intentions Mm -hmm. but you know people will say if you drink alcohol you're going to hell well that's not in scripture Uh, and and in fact the bible doesn't say that it's sinful to drink it does say you don't should not get drunk yeah and there's a difference between drinking and getting drunk and you Mm -hmm. go well if you don't drink, you won't get drunk. That's true, but if you you know if you don't do certain things that the Pharisees said to do, then you probably wouldn't commit the sins they were afraid you would commit either. So it's for us, it's the same thing. God has given us freedom to follow Him, and He's He's told us in His Word what is right and what is wrong, and there are gray areas. In those gray areas. We are told that uh, the spirit will lead us and that we have grace. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that is pretty clear from his, his scripture is that when a man um, gets married, he marries a woman Mm -hmm. to have a child and create the faith community, the base part of a faith community that God called us to be a part of. So I'm just kind of taken back. Well, that's enough on that. Let's get into the (laughs) prayer thing. Um, You know, when you think about prayer, what is it? um, First of all, I I, kind of went with a theme this week. Why why pray? What do we pray? And when do we pray? Or how do we pray? So um, when you think about prayer, like why should we pray?
2: yeah you're asking to that know I'm asking yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would say uh you should pray to be in uh communication with the father so that you can uh be in relationship with him so that if that's facilitated you know through confessing um through asking for guidance um and then you know asking for your needs as well it's a uh, it's how you are in relationship with him you know and how you further your relationship with
3: him well i i think it 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 yeah, it definitely furthers the relationship with him. It shows a dependence on mm-hmm. him too, yeah. because you go to him with your needs. Yeah. You go to him with your request, but you also go to him to praise him. You go to mm-hmm. him to thank yeah. him to spend time with him. Paul says we should pray without ceasing. That that means we walk around, not in a constant state of being on our knees in a closet. But we're constantly aware of our need for God and our need for depending on him. Mm -hmm. And we interact with him. I look at the Psalms, and I see David being really honest with God, right? I mean, David, was he revealed his anger. Mm -hmm. He revealed his uh, brokenness. He revealed his desires and his needs. And that's what it means. But so often our prayer time is very sterile hmm it's not like i'm talking to you we have people go into different tones of voice when they talk to god oh, uh, yeah. and i and i don't just mean respectful i mean it's almost like they have to put a spiritual voice on mm-hmm. it uh instead of just communicating with god god thank you um for this morning thank you for the sunshine thank you for giving me uh, a healthy body. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my food. Lord, I praise you that you created us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for explaining your word. You could spend hours just thanking him for all the things that he does. And I think so often we just blow right by those mm-hmm. things and we kind of wait till we need him. We go, okay, God, can you help me with this? Can you help me? What about this? I don't know what to do here. And we just make it about requests. So I think we pray because we're commanded to pray. I mean, it's clear in Scripture; it's imperative for us. Um, And so, if if that's the case, then we go. How do we pray? Right? And I I think uh, H. B. Charles used Agar as an example of a man who was weak in the Old Mm -hmm. Testament. And he said that he thought, or some commentators thought, that Agur was a pseudonym for Solomon. It might have actually been Solomon writing it. But, you know, he prayed for two things. You remember what they were from the retreat?
2: Uh, one to be led away from lying, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. To, to yeah. He, he, he prayed specifically. Uh, it talked about lying, falsehoods and yes. lies, right? But what uh, H.B. Um, – summarized it as he prayed for two things that God that you would take away anything in my life that keeps me from you that I'm already doing which is a great prayer and then the second thing was don't give me anything that's going to take me away from you yeah he boiled it down to those two things and I thought that was really good if you stop and think about it take away from me anything that keeps me from following you and don't give me anything as I mean you know I I've heard a lot of people who would want to win the lottery mm-hmm. but if the lottery would take you away from God would you still want to win it
2: no well some people would uh, say some yeah. people would say yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: and you know a lot of people say well if I win the lottery I'm going to take that money and give it to people mm-hmm. and further God's kingdom he don't want you to do that yeah What he wants you to do is trust him, depend on him, work hard. And if he wants to bless you with money to further his kingdom, he'll do that. Mm -hmm. There's lots of ways he can do that. And so um, as as we go into this this week and we talk about prayer, I really would like for you as a listener to think about why it is, well, first of all, what does my prayer life look like? You know, too often, like, you know, you're a teacher, and I was in the military and and law enforcement, and we were evaluated, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. We don't evaluate ourselves very much in the spiritual realm. We don't like to be evaluated. Yeah. But if you, were to, if you were your supervisor and evaluating your prayer life, what would it look like on a scale of 1 to 10 right now? Ask yourself that question, and when we come back, we're going to get into this a little further.
2: All right, we will be back with more after the news. Hey, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and also our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at doug at That's doug at Uh, We'd also like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be right back.
1: If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a painting A chain breaker We've all searched for the light Day and the day and night We've all found ourselves Worn out from the same old fire We've all run to things We know just ain't right And there's a better life There's a better life
2: Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. If you are just joining us, we are going to be talking this week about prayer. And in the last segment, we started talking uh, about that. So if you'd like to go back and listen to it, you can do so uh, at SWATradio.com. That's SWATradio.com, or you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. Um, but yes, if you're just joining us, we've been talking about prayer because at the SWAT retreat that we had uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, that is what H.B. Charles was talking about. And in his first uh, uh, sermon that he gave was on Proverbs 30 and the prayer of Ager,
3: Agur. Agur. Okay. Ager, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is Agar. I, you know, and I want you. I want to just ask you. You know, we're talking about prayer this week, and we're talking about why we pray. I, I just want to think with you about who it is we're communicating with. Um, because we were talking about saying thank you to God or praising Him for things He had done. I mean, we get to interact with the most powerful force. In the universe.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think we, we either a take it for granted mm-hmm. or B we dismiss it yeah. as if not really, it's not going to work. Like it doesn't work to pray. It doesn't help to pray. It's uh, we don't feel anything mm-hmm. when we pray. Um, and so when you look at the disciples, I think, uh, the disciples when they were with Jesus, and even before Jesus, if you remember, when they asked Jesus to pray, they asked him to pray like John the Baptist because John the Baptist prayed in such a way they hadn't seen either. Mm-hmm. Who, was the, who was the model for the disciples early on? Well, the Pharisees and religious leaders. And so they saw something in John the Baptist and in Jesus so different that they wanted to know how to pray like that. Yeah, and I think for the majority of us, when we think about prayer, uh, are, do we? You can learn, like H.B. Charles said, you can learn about a lot about somebody by listening to them pray, and that's why he said the prayer of Agur was so uh, good. Mm-hmm. What he prayed for. If you go back, just think to your prayer time this morning or yesterday or this last week or. What things are you praying for? What are you asking God to help you with? Do you believe he can help you? Because I think a lot of times in prayer, we just kind of we kind of go to it as a last resort mm-hmm. instead of having any kind of planned prayer time, any kind of um, disciplined prayer time. Mm-hmm. We don't do that in other areas of our life in communication, do we? I mean, we shouldn't. I mean, if it's important to us, we set aside time to do that. But with our prayer time a lot of times, it's like, oh, I'll get to it if I can. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I wake up in time, maybe I'll read my Bible and have some time with God. If I remember. Yeah, yeah. if if I remember. You know, and if you ask people, like, and I, I do this a lot with guys, I'm like, so what's your prayer time like? Or what's your time in the Word like? I hadn't been too good lately. Well and their life is in disarray, and they wonder why. Because, listen, it's not that when you pray and you read the Bible, your life is going to work out exactly the way you want.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I, I love what Oswald Chambers says. Listen to what he says. Oswald Chambers, who spent a lot of time devotionally, says this. God expects his children to be so confident in him that in any crisis they're the reliable ones. Mm. I mean, we can't know if we're going to be reliable in a crisis until we're in a crisis, mm-hmm. right? It's when a crisis comes up that tells us who it is we rely on. Yeah, Because God's kids in a crisis know he's in charge.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh doesn't mean you're not afraid. It doesn't mean you don't uh, have concerns. But what it means is you know where to take those concerns and you are confident in your dad. Now, yeah. I want you to think about a time when you were little, uh, Taylor. When you were five, six years old, did you ever go to any theme parks? Did you ever go to Disney when you were a little kid? Do you remember back?
2: I mean, I know we did, but I don't really remember. You don't remember. remember?
3: Yeah. So, I remember going to parks with my mom and dad. I remember one time being in Disneyland or Disney World, and I got away from them. mm and at first it was great because i could do what i wanted to do but then i got scared because i didn't have any money i didn't know anybody all these strangers around me um, i didn't know if i was going to be safe and i i I wanted to be found by my parents right because i depend on them Mm. and so often in life I think we think it'll be great to be independent of God, but in reality it's terrifying because we have no resources to deal with the things we need to deal with on an everyday basis. We think we do Mm -hmm. until a nine 11 comes along and wipes us out or something like that, a COVID or whatever, whatever, whatever your nine 11 moment is. And so prayer is the thing that keeps us connected to our father in heaven It allows us to understand his word. It allows us to um, be in tune with his will because as we're praying and I I don't, I haven't talked extensively with you about this, but I know that as I'm praying, I feel a lot more confident as I go throughout the day about things I should and shouldn't do Mm -hmm. most of the time. Uh, As if I'm spending time in prayer with God, I'm getting up and I'm allowing his word to, to be fed into me and I'm interacting with him. I tend to go through my day a lot better prepared than I do if I don't. Yeah. And I think what Oswald chambers is saying is that when you look at God's servants, especially guys like David or Jeremiah or those, then when your faith is tested you're going to be the stable one. And I that's mean,
2: what you want to be, especially as a man. You want to be the one that in a in a crisis situation that you are the one that can be relied upon. You
3: know? Yeah. Well, and what God does is he takes those terrible times that we go through and he uses us to reveal himself mm-hmm. through the presence yeah. of his spirit in us. Mm-hmm. Well, that spirit is there once you're his that spirit is there but if you're not spending time in prayer you may not sense that presence in you yeah and you may not sense the wisdom of god's wisdom in you at that moment if you're not spending time with him so praying we're gonna know more of god's power if we spend more time praying yeah um and more time with him because We're going to, prayer doesn't make God bend to our will. What it does is it bends us toward his will. Mm -hmm. It it just, it's, it's like a soldier hearing from his general or a Marine hearing from his general and spending time with the general. If you want to know the battle plan, you need to be spending time conversing. Right. Well, I don't know any Marine other than out of fear that would have said, no, I don't want to spend time with the general. If a general wanted to spend time, they, uh, they wanted to be, why? Because this was the leader of yeah. your whole force. And we have that opportunity every day and we take it for granted and we don't engage in this prayer. And you know, HB wrote a book called it happens after prayer. And in that book, he lays out uh different things he he starts off in there talking about the uh the persistent friend who can comes to the house at night mm. and to really understand this you have to understand in the eastern culture if somebody knocks on your door and you're not prepared to help them that's offensive mm. and what he's saying is the person knocked on the door at midnight because they needed some bread and he said i i can't do it but he kept coming back and coming back and coming back. So finally he relinquished and said, okay, because you keep bugging me, you're going to wear me out. I'm going to do this. And what he's talking about, Jesus is very specific and he's talking about persistence in prayer. He does the same thing with a widow, uh, who's, you know, uh, imploring the judge to give her justice. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a worldly judge who did, could have cared less about her, but because of her persistence. Well, how persistent are we in praying? Most of us pray and not just rambling prayer, not just repetitive, I want this, I want this, I want this, but really trying to connect with God, sharing our hearts with God, sharing our disappointments. God's big enough to handle our disappointments and mm-hmm. our struggles. We're not, we're human. We we get frustrated with that. Yeah. I do, I know. But God's big enough to handle it, and you see that in David's prayers and the Psalms, and and even what HB was bringing out. And that's really kind of what we're going to be talking about this week. So if you have any questions or thoughts about this, we'd love to hear from you when we come back.
2: Yeah, if you would like to call in, you can call us at one eight four four triple seven SWAT. That's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio That's ask at swat radio.com we would love to have you call in or if you are shy to email us you can also email doug at swat radio.com or taylor at swat radio.com um, we will be right back after the break uh, you can follow us on facebook and twitter the handle is at swat radio talk that's at swat radio talk um, you're listening to swat radio stay tuned we will be right back with the last segment of the
0: show
1: First degree Son of God Hanging on the hill Hell was my Destiny The crowd was shouting Crucified Could have Come from these lips of mine The dirty shame Was killing me It would take a miracle wash me you
2: is David Crowder with Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you'd like to join the discussion, please call us at 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 844 777 SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at That's ask at uh, Doug, I had a question for you. We have been talking about prayer, by the way, if you're just joining us. Um, I was curious, do you take time when you pray? to just be still and be silent and listen for God. Cause I've, I've kind of started to do that in the past few years in my life. I, I read um, something by John Eldridge, I think that got me into that, but he was talking about how a lot of times, we, you know, it's supposed to be communication and Two we just, way. yeah, we just talk, 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 talk. And then we don't sit and see, or even read uh, to see what he has to say. And I just was wondering if that's been yeah, something you've incorporated I, at all. Yeah.
3: What, what I typically do is pray first
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and then i'll read his word because i believe he speaks to us through his word and um i can't tell you the number of times and i'm it doesn't happen every day but i can't tell you the number of times i've prayed about things Mm -hmm. relationships uh failures struggles And then I'll read in his word, and his word will have a direct application to what I'm reading. Now, those words, like I read part of a pre planned reading plan. Mm. And so God's truth is all throughout scripture, right? Yeah. But what he does is he highlights to me, I believe, and that's mm-hmm. his communication to me. The Spirit's communication is that this is what you need to hear from me today. Now there have been times where I've read a scripture after praying and it didn't come to my mind till later in the day Mm. in a situation where I was interacting with somebody and that scripture came to mind because that was applicable. So I, that's how I do it. And there is a time I think of meditation. I mean, as you think about his word and you, you meditate which means to sit and chew on, Mm -hmm. um, I know I've actually had conversations with guys before who have a problem with the term meditation because they think that's they think it's an Eastern thing. That is not an Eastern thing. In fact, if you look in the Bible, I think it was, um, it was, uh, uh, Isaac who was meditating in the field waiting for his sir, the servant Mm -hmm. of, uh, abraham to come back Mm -hmm. you know he was meditating out there and it's there's nothing you know there's nothing wrong with meditating on scripture or meditating on god's word it's not a magic thing
1: Mm -hmm.
3: so anyway um yeah that's what i typically do will pray and then read i have one friend who says um He spends more time reading because he cares more about what God says to him than what he says to God, but he does. He communicates with God. I just think that, um, I think that you have to be careful. Some people will pray and then they will wait to get an impression from God in their brain. And I think you have to be careful about that because God speaks to us through his word. That's not saying he can't prompt you in your spirit, but, I would be careful about trying to get some kind of visualized word yeah. uh, from him. He speaks to us through his written word, uh, and so that's why it's important to spend time in it. You know, during the break, I was talking to you about what HB wrote in his book. It happens after prayer. I thought was a great illustration. Is he talks about as believers, and this goes along with Oswald Chambers' quote I quoted earlier, is that that there's a difference between us being a thermometer or a thermostat. And believers are supposed to be a thermostat rather than a thermometer because a thermometer only registers the condition of the surroundings, whereas the thermostat regulates Mm -hmm. the condition of the surroundings. Two different functions, right? And most of us, I believe, in our culture lately have been more thermometers than we've been thermostats. And I think it's really a time for us to pray. I mean, we we kind of have, as believers, we should be a spiritual climate control, is what he says. And I think that's good. It's a good analogy. Um, you know, when Paul wrote to his uh, friends in Philippi, uh, he said, I know how to function with a lot or a little. Yeah. He said, uh, that in every, all circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That one prayer and one verse has been taken out of context. Mm-hmm. So much people think about, well, I can hit a home run. I can catch a touchdown pass. I can make it through this grueling practice. Yep. It doesn't mean that those things aren't applicable, but what Paul was talking about was being a spiritual thermostat in the community around him, regardless of what was happening. And I think we miss out on that. How do we respond to the terrible things going on around us? Do we get swept up in it? Uh, it's easy to do, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. And then I, I like, you know, he's talking about even with those terrible things, like, I can suffer, I can go through this hardship because uh, Christ strengthens me. And I, I remember the first time I read it in the full context, I was like, oh, that's way different than, you know, how I would write it on my shoes, you know, on, you know for football. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I think that's something that we need to, especially now and where it seems like we might be heading uh, as a society, that's something that we need to keep in mind that, uh, you know, through hardship we can endure because uh, Christ strengthens us, you know, so.
3: Well, I, I think a lot of times, you know, we try to manage our own pain mm-hmm. and our struggles with our and we and we do it by a variety of things. We will use work, we will use toys, we will use drugs, alcohol, entertainment, um, pleasure, whatever it is to numb our pain. And to
2: avoid it, yeah. To
3: avoid it because we can't change the circumstance, right? So instead of functioning as a thermostat and regulating what's going on around from a spiritual perspective in other words it doesn't mean you can change it mm-hmm. but it means your perspective on it is regardless of whether this change my faith is in the god of all creation if he wants to change it he can but if he doesn't that means his love for me is so good he's allowing me to go through this for a reason and he's wanting me to deepen my trust in him mm-hmm. Now, we don't, at the moment we're going through it, most of the time as believers, we're, 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 we're not thinking. Yeah. We're thinking about, this stinks, I don't want to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. God, get me out of here, right? We hate it. But it's only in those situations, like Oswald Chambers said, that that faith gets spotlighted to those around us. It's like, wow, what makes Taylor so different that he can go through this and seem so at peace. I don't, I don't get that. And he goes, Taylor, how are you able to deal with this? And you say, well, let me tell you. And then you give him a reason for the hope that's in you. Yeah. Like like he says in the word. So I think there's one option for how we respond to the problems of life. And it's going to God. We go to God. We trust him. We go to him. We ask him to change things, but like Michelle, Hananiah, and Azariah, we say, even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to give in to this yeah. and try to take matters into our own hands. I mean, you think about it. Um, when when Moses was leading the children of Israel, and he was he was frustrated. Um, What he did is he turned to God. He eventually came to him. Mm -hmm. He came to the reason King Jehoshaphat, when he didn't know what to do, um, I think it was Jehoshaphat who said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The God of the universe has the power to change any situation that you're in at any moment. He may or may not. The question is, where your love and trust for him still be strong if he doesn't answer the prayer the way you want it to be answered. I I think so often Taylor that I I hear, I well, I had one guy tell me one time, you know, prayer doesn't work, man. I've done it all. I've, I've given money to the church. I've gone to church. I've read my Bible and I'm praying and God ain't blessing my businesses. Hmm. So it doesn't work as if, god owed that guy to make his businesses work because he prayed see he was trying to bend god to his desires
1: mm-hmm.
3: instead of allowing god to bend him to what god's will is in that situation Sounded
2: like he had a uh, a misunderstanding maybe been um listening to some health and wealth sermons you know <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that all um I I think as we kind of close out our time here, I know we're running out, uh, is no matter what you're going through out there, as you're listening, do what Paul says, pray without ceasing. Let the problems of life, the burdens drive you to prayer and pray with expectation. Pray knowing that the God of all the universe can change it. And, um, Pray just because He commands us to, and pray because He's the only one that can change any situation we're in.
2: Yeah, uh, we're going to talk tomorrow about how to pray, right? Yep. Yeah, that's, so stay tuned for that. I know that's something that for a lot of people is, uh, you know, a mystery, and especially for me when I was younger. That that for sure has been. So stay tuned uh, tomorrow. We will be talking about how to pray. Um, We hope you enjoyed it today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in.